Simple Life Together, Episode 48, To-Do List and Beyond, and an interview with Eric Fisher. Hi, and welcome to Simple Life Together, a podcast dedicated to leading a simpler life in the modern world. I'm Dan Hayes. And I'm Vanessa Hayes. On the last episode of the show, we talked about simplifying our wardrobe and preparing to start Courtney Carver's Dress With Less course and her Project 333. You can find out more about that challenge by going to our show notes at simplelifetogether.com slash 047 and at simplelifetogether.com slash dress. It's going to be an interesting challenge. It will, yeah. yeah. 33 items of clothing, including jewelry and some outerwear for three months. That's it. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Starting this Saturday. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, today we have a special guest joining us for the show. But before we get to Eric and some beyond the to-do list productivity tips, we're going to start with some of our own thoughts about to-do lists and some ways that we keep track of tasks, some tools or apps that we like to use, and even some productivity bad habits that we struggle with. Oh, yeah. We do have a few bad habits. We all do. We're I human. Th- I think I have more than you on the to-do list side. I but, won't disagree. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> all right. So one more thing before we get started. We just wanted to send out a reminder that Simple Life Together is a finalist for the 2013 Podcast Awards in the Education and People's Choice categories. Voting is still on until 15 November, and you can and should vote once a day at podcastawards.com. Yes, you should. <laughs> and and our really guest, appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And our guest, Eric Fisher's show, Beyond the To-Do List, is also a finalist. So be sure to show him some love and too when you vote, okay? Cool. It's only the right thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> and we also wanted to announce that we will be in the D.C. area for the week of Thanksgiving, and we're looking at having our first ever Simple Life Together meetup. Woohoo! So we'd love to have you come and join us for some great conversation, some pay-as-you-go snacks and drinks, and the chance to connect with others who are looking to lead a simple life in the modern world, too. So here's some of the specifics. We'll be at La Tosca in Rockville Town Square at 7 p.m. on Sunday, 24 November. Spaces are very limited, but they're free, so make sure you grab a seat before it goes. Just go to simplelifetogether.com slash dc to sign up or search for Simple Life Together at eventbrite.com. Yes. Okay, so let's get to the main topic. Okay. All right, so let's face reality. I personally think to-dos are a good thing. It kind of means you're still alive. <laughs> you still have something to do, right? Yes. <laughs> so if you have no to-dos in your life, well, then you're probably dead. So knowing that we'll always have to-dos, maybe we should have an actual plan on how to keep track of them and get them done. What do you think? Okay, sure. And that's kind of right up my alley, right? It sure is. So (laughs) I'm going to let you kind of lead the whole to-do list discussion. Right. Well, we're just going to do a brief discussion here before we jump into the interview. So let's start with the bottom line up front or the bluff, which is something that's a term that Dan is familiar with in his military circles. Yes. (laughs) But uh, the best to-do list is one that works for you, whether you prefer an analog or digital solution. You know, anywhere on the spectrum of tying a string around your finger (laughs) or uh, using a pencil and paper or the latest to-do app, figure out the tool or tools that work best for you and stick with it. If you're not sure yet, we'll go over some options with you and maybe give you some ideas of ways to manage your to-do list. But take some time to think about, research, and maybe even test a few strategies for yourself before committing to one or maybe a couple of tools. So let's talk about some common attributes of to-dos or task management. So we have a lot of different types of to-dos personal, professional, or work to-dos, project, etc. 
But no matter what type of to-do you have, there are four major things you have to focus on to get your tasks or to-dos done. Those are capture, contain, assign, and execute. I like those the, the ones that you came up with there because there are each one of those is a very distinct phase of the to-do or task management process. And I don't know, did you get these from somewhere or did you just kind No, of- I just came up with them actually as I was, okay. I was thinking about it because a lot of times I throw out just different tools, but I was thinking, okay, how can we kind of make this make a little bit more sense? And yes. so actually I just came up with this. So. Okay, well, I like it a lot. I, to me, it makes more sense than most things I've read on the, on the subject. Okay, so the first thing you want to do is capture your to-dos. And there's different ways that you can do this. You can write them down, like on scratch paper or a post-it note or just in some notebook that you have around. I mean, think about when you're at the office and you know, you're answering phones. You're going to probably jot something down either on a note or a piece of paper or just from your, your email. You're going to jot it down somewhere. Remember those big desk calendars? Remember the paper desk oh, calendars yes. uh-huh. that they used to issue us in the military? And um, I don't know, maybe they still issue those in some places, but those were never really used well for calendar functions but they were full of notes <laughs> notes right <laughs> yep yeah so people just write it write the write it down as they're you know answering the phone or whatever and then they why even call it a calendar i know right you know let's just call it a desk blotter and rewrite all That's exactly it. what it was yeah. post it should make desk covers there you go yeah. <laughs> i just peel my desk off <laughs> that's a good idea there you go okay well another way that you can capture to do's is to record a voice memo And there's two apps that I use in particular. One is Dragon Dictation. And I use this usually like when I'm driving and, you know, you can't text and drive. You're not supposed to. But (laughs) so but sometimes I'll get these ideas or I'm talking on the phone and then all of a sudden these to do's that I need to to capture. So I will just tap on the Dragon Dictation and, you know, just talking to um, into the app and then record a message. And then I end up sending that to myself. So. That's one thing that you can do. Or maybe you can go into Evernote and use the, the voice memo function there to right. capture it. So. so Dragging Dictation has a function where if you record it, you get to send it as a text, send it as an email or however, right? Yeah, I think you can even tweet it out or yeah. put a Facebook post to it as well. Okay. So it's, it's a really neat app. I like that because it's kind of some different options. But most of the time, I end up using it just to send myself an email. Right. And I think the Dragging Dictation for iPhone is free. And it probably is on Android and other devices, too. Mm. But I know it's a very expensive program for, you know, your desktop. Right. Well, talking about email, because that's what I do with my Dragon Dictation memos, is I end up sending them to myself as as an email. But maybe just an email period. Like, let's say you're not really at your office. You're out and about, and all you have is your iPad, your iPhone, and but uh, you have some ideas that you don't want to forget and you want to capture. Uh, Sometimes I'll just send myself an email, because I know I'm going to check my email later on in the day. and. From there, then I end up doing some other things with it. But So maybe you can just send yourself an email. But this is in the capture phase. This is still, you're right. still capturing. You're still capturing to-dos. Or maybe if you're actually at your office or whatnot, maybe you just actually capture that to-do and immediately input it into a system, which we're going to talk about next. Okay. Is you're going to contain it, basically. So the next step is, the first thing is to capture that to-do. Right. Whether it's you know written or digital. Through Dragon, app. Evernote, email, right. however you capture it, just capture it. Now you're going to contain those to-dos. Got it. All right. And so okay. this is where your to-dos are kept. And the first thing I want to mention is that one of the best things that you can do to manage your to-dos is to capture them in just one place. If at all possible, keep it all in one place. It just makes things in life so much easier. Now, if you're a paper person, it, this is as simple as just keeping all your to-dos in one particular notebook. Like, I do this a lot. I have one notebook that I keep inside my purse, and whenever I'm out and about, I I can write stuff down there. Or if I'm at a meeting and I have some actionable items from that meeting, it's in that notebook. I know it's in one notebook. I don't have a ton of different notebooks laying around the house or at the office. It's one notebook that I know 
if I need to find some information, whether I'm taking notes at a meeting or jotting down information, to-dos, it's there. So that's one thing that you can do. Another way to contain your to-dos is to use like a digital app or a system. I use Tasklist and Gmail. Now, Dan and I were talking about this before we were recording, and he was saying that some folks say that uh, you were saying that what? It's just not. T- people- tasks are good, and I like tasks in Gmail, but it's not a super robust system. So like you can't set up reminders in it? Correct. Yeah, okay. that's exactly it. it. I mean, you can, I think, assign a date to it and uh, you know, put a line through it, check it off when it's done. Mm-hmm. But that's about it. Um, to the best of my recollection, it, um, and it'll also, I think, task will show in one portion of Google Calendar, but right. it's at that top portion where, like, since you can't assign a time, it doesn't show up on um, a time on a calendar because that would be in a, a calendar event. Right. So I just don't think there's the best interface there, but that's my own personal opinion. Well, I know I just use it just as a basic, basic way to capture my to do's. Yeah. And I know that I can sync. I can actually set a calendar date to it off of the, the Google task and stuff. And so it goes right to my Google calendar. So I like that function, but right. It is just kind of a basic system, but it's, yeah. I like it because it's one-stop shopping. I'm all about the one-stop shopping in a way. And I use obviously uh, Google suite of things and, so I like that. Okay. But um, another thing that you can do is, you know, again, talking about the digital strategy is just maybe use a spreadsheet, just a simple spreadsheet to outline your task. Now, the thing with that is that I don't know that you can really, you can't connect that to, you know, a calendar or right. whatnot. But if you're just trying to manage a list, a list, sure, you can capture all your to-dos in one list. Yeah, really all these things are tasks um, tasks in Gmail and a spreadsheet mm-hmm. is really nothing more than a digital version of a paper note because right. a paper note can't remind you and a paper note can't um, that isn't doesn't interface mm-hmm. with anything either so it, it's just a it's just a digital application if you happen to be more comfortable digitally right, right? but the benefit of this is is that you can update it without worrying about losing your notebook or right. having right. to erase or scratch out stuff and, and rewrite things it's already in there you can kind of maneuver things around so it's a little bit i don't know you can kind of work with the spreadsheet a little bit easier okay without having to reinvent the wheel um another way to continue to do is to use mobile apps right like uh, you have a lot of people use evernote Mm -hmm. um people use to do it's called the Mm -hmm. app is called to do easily do Mm -hmm. basically you get on the app store regardless of what platform you use iphone or android or whatever and you look up to do you're going to find a whole bunch of to-do apps. And the key is really just finding the one that fits you. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And not spending too much time. If you know the basic functions, like um, that's one of the reasons I like your broad categories, capture, contain, assign, and execute. If you look at it from that perspective, will this app let me do all four of those? Mm-hmm. I think it'll be a winner. Right. But my big problem with a lot of productivity apps is people searching too much for them, you know? Right. It's like, I, I didn't get anything done today because I searched all day for productivity apps, <laughs> you know? You know? So. <laughs> well, talk about these different containers, if you will. This, usually, I want to make sure that I mention that it's one thing to capture your to-dos and then contain them, but when you're containing them, you, you need to actually set up some type of routine of where you're going to, to put them in that container. That is where I fall short. Yes. So you can have... You know, whether you have these post-it notes around or you are sending yourself emails or whatnot, you need to set up a routine either nightly or just sometime in your, your work day to where you're going to capture those to-dos and put them in that container. Or like, for example, at the end of the day, what I do is I 
if I have notes all over the place, I'm in my email, I'll make sure that I put those into my task list in, in Gmail. Or if I have to-dos at home, I will put them in my to-do folder in our action file. And so you just need to set up some type of system of containing your to-dos. I would, I would take that a step further and say uh, that, there's, that for containing, there's mm-hmm. input and review. Because you got to put them in there, but then you got to go back and look at them. Yeah, I, sure. I think I spoke mm-hmm. a little too early when I said that's my that's my shortfall. My shortfall really is not necessarily getting them in there, but going back and reviewing them um, when I'm supposed to. Right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> okay. So that's uh, capture and contain. What's next? Okay. So the next step is to assign a date and time to get your to dos done. Now. Before you decide on when, you need to first determine the category and priority of your task. And when I mean categories, is it, is it personal or, or work? Um, is it a project-based type of uh, to-do right. list, whatever? But then you're also going to want to prioritize them. Um, I just recommend that because it's going to help keep you on task and yeah, getting those important items done. Because just because you you don't have you don't do tasks in the order you write them down, no, <laughs> right? Or you shouldn't. That right. should be refined, right? Right. Because they all have different priorities. Now, and speaking of priorities, they may change, but that's why you need to have that routine of systematically reviewing your to-dos, right. <laughs> you know, on okay. a daily basis or whatnot. So, but basically, the whole idea here is that you need to then plug that to-do, once you've decided what category it's in and, and what priority you're going to, to give it, then plug it in on your calendar, whether you write it down or input it digitally on your electronic calendar. Uh, you just need to make sure that you put it in there. Right. So now, all we're left with is actually executing our to-dos. <laughs> This is the hard part, though, isn't it? Yeah, that's what takes it from a to-do to a to-done. Yeah, there you go, right? right? (laughs) Because putting them on the calendar doesn't guarantee they're going to get done, right? Um, But there's some control measures that you can use to help get them done. So things that I use when I'm inputting my my to-dos on the calendar, because that's really how I manage my to-dos, is I like to use reminders, especially in Google Calendar. Right. Um, When you create an event, you can set up different reminders, whether it's an email reminder or a text reminder, or you can do pop-ups. I usually don't do pop-ups because I'm always out and about. And this is, it's exactly how I do all of my important things mm-hmm. that, that I, when I do this in a disciplined manner, mm-hmm. they go into Google Calendar. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I have to have my default uh, Google Calendar settings to set up where uh, it comes with a, a pop-up and, and a, a default of remind me, uh, send a text 10 minutes before. But I always add more. Yes. So I'll, I'll usually get an email the night before or the morning of, and then a couple hours ahead of time I get a reminder, right. and then usually directly before the test, especially if I have to be in another physical location to execute the task. Like say I have to go pick up our son at mm-hmm. a certain time. Say i got to pick him up at 6 p.m. Well, a reminder at 6 p.m. to pick him up at 6 p.m. doesn't do me any good. Right. Doesn't does him even less good, you know? <laughs> but a reminder at five p.m. to pick up your son at six—that's that's that's done in a timely, it's an efficient way. So it gives me enough time to get ready and go, and then I'll get another one fifteen minutes before. Yeah, that's what I like about, um, especially like Google calendars that you can set up multiple. It, the email doesn't have to be just one time email. You can have a couple email reminders and right. or a couple text message reminders at different times. So that's what I like. Another thing I use on my my iPhone is alarms. So my routine is I do a nightly routine. So I look at the day and week ahead and especially for the next day I see what's going to, you know, what are the important events and things that need to get done and I will actually use my phone and set an alarm not just to wake up but a reminder that okay you need to be at your client's house at nine o'clock and so I'll have an alarm set for eight o'clock 
just in case I get locked into something, you know, the computer or whatever. So that's something else that you can use to help you kind of uh, keep your to-dos on the to-done list. I I agree. I think the alarms function on the iPhone, and I'm sure it's the same on any other smartphone, that's that's a tool I use all the time All the time. Sometimes I'll have four or five, six alarms in the day, and it's just... You know, I'll do an alarm, too, when it's time for me to wrap up with my client because I will get so involved in the organizing process that I forget, okay, it's, I only have 45 minutes to wrap up, so I'll set an alarm to remind me to wrap up. So just remember, you can use alarms on your, your phones. Um, and I was just talking about the nightly routine. So nightly routine, yeah, check in the next day appointments, but I take it a step further. I'm also a paper gal. I will actually use a Post-it note. My routine is to use a Post-it note and write down those important things that need to happen. And then I put it in a strategic location, especially if it's something that Dan needs to look at too. Or um, So I will write my to-dos, things I need to get done, and I'll post it right by where we have our coffee in the morning or we grab our keys and we take off. And so it's right there. That's another thing that you can do. If yep. you're a paper person, you can use post-its. It's great. It's a great strategy. Um, and then if you're trying to help your family get on board or even yourself, maybe create checklists. If there's standing things that you're trying to create and to-dos that need to get done on a daily basis or whatnot, Create a checklist and then post it. Post it in your kid's room or uh, in maybe your bathroom so you know what's going on for the rest of the day. Whatever the case may be, checklists are all a great thing. And you can, you can use paper checklists. You can use your dry erase board or a glass board, post-it notes, whatever. So those are just some simple strategies. I know real basic, but those are things that are simple, but they work for us. And so I thought I'd share those with you. Good stuff. So again, so reviewing the steps here to help manage our to-dos is... You're going to want to capture your to-dos, okay? Somehow right. capture them, paper, digitally, whatever. You're going to want to contain them, and I recommend one place. Contain, okay. And then you're going to assign a assign. date and time. Yep. Usually put it on your calendar. And then you're going to want to try to execute them. <laughs> <laughs> you want to get them done. Yeah. <laughs> you got to stick to it. So Sounds good. So we all have to-dos, and mastering how you wrangle those tasks will certainly help you become more productive. And again, those four phases are capture, contain, assign, and execute to make sure that you're not letting important things slip through the cracks. And sometimes missed to-dos are no big deal, but other times they can cause major, major mm-hmm. problems. Mm-hmm. So by having a system in place, you can make sure getting through your to-dos is more efficient, effective, and simplified. Well, speaking of our to-do list, we have a special treat for you. Today we welcome Eric J. Fisher to Simple Life Together. Eric's show, Beyond the To-Do List, is tearing up the charts over on iTunes in the business podcast category. And last I checked, it was in the number two spot in business, right next to some guy named Dave Ramsey. Hmm, who's that? Not sure who he is, but but Eric's way up there. But, you know, just because it's in the business category, don't let that fool you. Eric's show is packed full of productivity tips from all the leaders in the productivity sphere. And I can guarantee that when it comes to your to-do list, you'll be sure to find a treasure trove of tips from Eric and his expert guests. Like all superheroes... Eric has an alter ego. By day, he's the social media manager at Indiana Wesleyan University, and he's also the social media correspondent for Podcast Answer Man with Cliff Ravenscraft. You can find out more about Eric at beyondthetodolist.com and connect with him on Twitter at Eric J. Fisher. So with that, welcome to the show, Eric. Hi, Eric. Thank, hey, thanks for having me. It's uh, it's good to be on your show this time. <laughs> yeah, we ha- we had a blast on yeah. your show, Eric. I got to tell you that. Mm-hmm. And um, you do such a good show. And uh, you're much better um, 
host for interviewing people than I think we are. We don't have as many people under our belts as you do. Well, I, I mean, it takes practice. Yeah. I've, sure I've even listened back to some of my early episodes and I'm like, wow, that's not what I would have said this time around. <laughs> so you got to get out there and you got to practice. So. True. Yeah. Very, very true. Well, Eric, you know, we always like to start our interviews with this question. Tell us a little bit more about you and who you are and how you make people's lives simpler. Sure. Let me see here. Um, I am a geek. <laughs> I, I love technology. I love comic books. I love bacon. Ah, uh, yes. That probably, no, you know what? Bacon, I like technology and, and comic books better than bacon. Wow. wow. Concession. Um, but bacon's still up there. I mean, those things, those three are probably all on the same tier. But uh, uh, I love my family. I have a, a beautiful wife of, oh gosh, what year is this? 11 years now. Wow. And we have an almost nine-year-old daughter and an, an almost two-year-old son. Oh, and awesome. they, they are a handful. So, um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, I, I do social media in my day job and I love podcasting. I love writing, but I, I guess I like talking more because I seldom write. I always am you know, thinking it in my head and then saying it. So right. one of these days I've got to get my workflow set up to where – I walk and talk with my phone and then convert that into a, a text file. Right. Yeah. So, like with Dragon Dictation. The, yeah. The app yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so I guess you make people's lives simpler too with the with your podcast. That's like I said, tearing up the charts. Yeah. When, well, when you were saying tear, I thought, oh no, is he going to say terrible? <laughs> 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 or terribly awesome? I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a surprise to me. I. I've, it's it's at number two right now. It's went back and forth between two and three uh, with another show, and which which is friendly competition. We love it. Right. What's funny is that show pushes out. Um, here's a way. I, here's a way I make things simple. I try to approach doing the the minimal effective dose. Right. Which means you can boil water at like three thousand degrees, but you only need it to be what. I forget what the actual yep. 212. You yep. you only need it to get to 212 to have that cup of tea. So so going to 500 degrees means nothing. It's not going any faster, it's not cooking the tea any better. It's, you know, so to stay simple, it's like okay, what's the minimum effective dose and you can apply that broadly to so many different topics sure. or yeah. areas of your life. Um so when it comes to podcasting, it's like the, the minimum effective dose seems to be about one episode a week. Some people want me to do more than one a week. Mm -hmm. I may do that for a season at some point in the future. However, I'm at number two right now, and the, the show that's at number three does a daily episode. So it's like, hmm, yeah, yeah. Exactly. is it really necessary? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Right. So, but yeah, I mean, my superpower, since I love comic books, <laughs> is uh, optimizing. I, I think that uh, I can look at things and I can say, okay, what is this? Why does it do that? How, what was set up to be that way? You know, like I can walk in and say, you know, someone says, I have a problem. And I'm like, okay, talk, tell me about it. And I'll listen. And then I'll kind of do a consulting kind of a thing and, and ask the, the probing questions just to kind of get them to think about it and walk through the process of figuring out their own answer or offering up some possible solutions of, you know, perspective that they may have not thought about. And so, that seems to be something that happens all the time. I, I guess I have a knack for it, a gift for it, and I'm not ashamed of it. I, I mean, that's you know one of my strengths. So, and it usually deal. It usually comes down to making something simpler. It's it's usually like so. For example, someone will say to me, "All right, we've got to do this thing. 
and it's important and you know this is what we got to do you know whether it's at work or or wherever and i'll say okay what what exactly do we need the outcome to be like what are we really trying to have happen here are we trying to i don't know enroll more students are we trying to you know get more money are we trying to whatever and by really getting to what the real you know nut to crack is out of the problem that's when you really get to say okay well the method that you're wanting to use can be used but maybe in a different way to achieve that end goal right. so you know Dan talks about that a lot or we do together about kind of like the end state you're talking about what is your goal and and a lot of times we start there first and then end up working backwards to try to find that the most effective way of getting something done now speaking of effective um that falls in line with being productive and, you know, being on the to-do list, which is a lot of what you talk about, obviously. How did you really first become interested in productivity? And was there like a situation or a struggle that you had or some kind of catalyst to help you kind of solve this whole productivity mystery and thing? Sure. I've always been a list person. And so I guess I've always been intrigued or interested in productivity, especially because, honestly, I don't like doing work. <laughs> I, I don't. Again, it comes back to the least effective dose. Like if I can do what's necessary and it's good, then doing a whole lot more, by knowing where the boundary is of what's effective, you can then leverage going beyond that to you know go the extra mile for somebody because you know that's what it is and how much it'll mean to them and what effect it'll have for them, even if it doesn't have any you know, direct effect to you. Right. Um, speaking strictly with like a networking kind of a sense, but, um, yeah, I've never been somebody who, I I mean, I hated schoolwork. I hated, hated chores. I hated all that stuff. Like it's just, that, (laughs) that has been my nature and you know, I'm not, I'm not proud of it, but at the same time, I'm not afraid of doing hard work and good work, but it's more about, well, I need to figure out how to make, I need to trick myself into doing it, I guess. Is what's <laughs> right. is, yep. How do I incentivize myself? How do I figure out how I tick, how I work? What's my best workflow? Mm-hmm. What's, you know, and, and that varies between different things. I mean, I, there are days where I love mowing the lawn if I've got great music or podcasts in my ears to do so and can get out and it's, you know, combining physical energy and mental clarity or there's even been a few times when I've done it without anything and it's just to just kind of be in the well suit so-called silence because again the lawnmower is loud but <laughs> right <laughs> but you see what I'm getting at like I've never loved that so it's like okay well if I can figure out how I best do work mm-hmm. or how I best accomplish things and can succeed then that's what I'm after and so you know I was I was a kid who uh, always was having ideas, you know, I'm thinking back around like junior high, high school, and I would start to carry a little notebook in my pocket and a pen, a clicky pen, and I would just pull those out because, you know, that was the smartphone of the day and right. write down my stuff. And, you know, that kind of helped, but even in college, that you know, I didn't do great until I found kind of my passion of communication and, and comm theory and all of that, where I started to get good grades in college and that kind of helped me translate or transport that uh, methodology over to other classes. So then, uh, you you know, come about 2005, once the, you know, there's Stephen Covey's out there and a couple other things. GTD had been out, but I had never heard of it. Mm -hmm. And then I heard of it. And uh, well, before I heard of it, I mean, I was just like, okay, how do I figure out how to, I was in a data entry job and it was like, how can I get everything done that I need to get done? And then I moved into an, an enrollment an admissions process. And it was like, oh, 
now it's more results oriented instead of just, you know, punching the clock. So I need to perform. So how do I best perform? And what's the best time of day for me to do which certain tasks that are expected of me? Those kinds of things. So that's kind of how it morphed. And, and gradually then um, even another whole change happened for me with this stuff with productivity when uh, about January 2011 when I got my current position. And it was a whole other deal. It's like, oh, now it's less about workflows and you know the, the expectation of what, it, what was on me then. Now it's based solely almost on projects. So that's kind of been the the journey I've been on. You know, I find it interesting because I like work. I like to do work. And I will fill my day with doing things. Um, But the problem was I wasn't using my time very effectively. So that's how I became very interested in productivity. And as a necessity, really, because I realized it was causing stress at work, in previous jobs, or it was causing stress even at home in our relationship, you know, just trying to get things done. And I would get distracted with little menial tasks instead of the big task at hand. And so I started doing a lot more research. And of course, in my line of work as a professional organizer, part of that is, you know, helping my clients manage their time as well and be more productive with their time. And usually it was a matter of defining goals and really what their priorities were. And like you said, how do you best operate are you a morning person, night person, you know, uh, afternoon person? Do you have to have music playing or do you like complete silence? Do you like, are you a visual person or are you an auditory person? All these different things started to come into play. And then as I was studying, I, you know, kind of realized there's a lot that I need to learn about myself. And so that's how I became interested in productivity a little bit. And, you know, and I still, I still struggle with it. But like you said, Eric, it's, it's a very personal thing. There's so many different things out there. But um, it's a matter of finding what really works, works for you. And I, that's why I like your show. You, you, know, you have different guests on there who offer different tips and advice and things like that. So interesting. And Eric, I first became aware of your work through the Social Media Serenity podcast that you initially did with Cliff that I mentioned earlier. And like I said, you're still a social media correspondent for Podcast Answer Man. So when it comes to simplicity and social media, I've noticed you've taken a couple of digital fasts you know, where you've just taken a little break from social media for mm-hmm. for a few days. Do you have a, that programmed in, or is it just when you get to a point, you say, you know what, I need a break? Definitely when I need a break, although I will say, like my last episode, where I had uh, Baratunde Thurston, we talked about his cover story on Fast Company Magazine, which was all about unplugging. His co- coincided with uh, December 2012, which was funny because I was actually doing it at the same time he was. And I had literally deleted all the apps off my phone and moved other ones all into like a folder on a separate page. And my front screen was completely black other than the phone icon, the text icon, the setting icon, and the camera icon. Ooh, I wow. like it already. <laughs> and that was all I was going to do because I wasn't going to, I was going to send and receive calls. I was going to communicate with you human beings uh, because I didn't have a, a landline. Uh, texting because my wife and oh, Google Maps was on there too because I needed to be able to, you know, drive places. Right. That I and I was out of town for like a week back home in New York, and so oh, and the camera one to be able to record video or take uh, images but not share them. And so that was the goal. Um, yeah, I, I I like to schedule it every once in a while, and ideally, I'd love to schedule one day a week. And I think I'm getting towards that. Like in in ta- um, this is another thing that's in flux for me. I definitely love taking a nice long chunk of time off. However, uh, this year at December, probably I'll do some intermittent days, but I'm not going to be able to do a large chunk of time because I'm going to be 
trying to ramp up excitement about New Media Expo oh, yes. in, right. in January, where I will be. So it's yeah. like, I can't just be offline before that. <laughs> well, we'll finally get to meet you in person. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that will be going. awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm, look, I'm really looking forward to it. So yeah, I won't go offline. I won't go dark then. I'll just go gray at certain points. <laughs> right. Dan is much better at the social media stuff than I am. I know that. Um, and it's just because I find myself getting busy with other tasks and things like that. And But I like it too, and I can get sucked into it. But then sometimes I'll do, like you were saying, Eric, is like the weekend is where I'll just start to unload. If I got time, I'll just unload and I start to share posts and other things and links and all that good stuff. And I'm like, sorry, I feel like I just threw up on all my <laughs> listeners and followers. But what I've recommended to clients and I started to adapt myself is that I just set up times during the day now. It's like, you know, either first thing in the morning or at night or just try to limit it instead of throughout the day because I find it it becomes so distracting. I can get totally sucked into Facebook and, or sometimes LinkedIn and you know other social media outlets, and then I'm just like, okay, just just check it once, and then I just I will tune it out. I won't even look at it, just so I can be productive for the rest of the day. And then at night when I got some chill time, then I'll look at it again. But I know sometimes business wise, you got to you've got to push stuff out there, and so I know that we're still working on that. Like I said, Dan's pretty good about our business and making sure stuff gets out there, but sometimes. I have to just set certain days, certain times to get it done, and that's it, you know. But it can get, it can get crazy, and sometimes it's nice to get that fast in there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Personally, again, I think everybody would do some good to move to having a one day a week where they don't turn off communication, but they are very selective about what communication right. they allow in. Yeah. App Sabbath. <laughs> yes. Now that that's a better that's probably a better way to put it. Yes. Yeah, doing app Sabbath. Yep. That's funny. Cool. Well, hey, uh, Sabbath. <laughs> Sabbath. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so you've had some absolutely amazing guests on your show. I mean, you had the GTD guy himself on there for folks who are into that. I just wonder with all the folks that you've talked to, what are some of the standout points or productivity tips that you get from your guests that you really find yourself compelled to pass along yeah um well speaking of gtd guy he his episode was key for me because it just really brought back to to you know forefront of my mind that you have to have a system that you trust there's been times where i've just there's something that's fallen through the cracks and i'm just like can't Mm -hmm. stand when that happens Mm -hmm. so you have to have a place to be able to you know do your brain dump your mind sweep and get everything out of your head so you have peace of mind, but then you also need to be able to have all those things that you pulled out put in the right place so that you're either reminded at the right time, but not having it on your mind at all times and knowing, you know, when to address stuff without having to think about it. Like your brain is not meant to be, you know, full, have your mental RAM full at all moments. So right. that's one of those ones for me. Um, another has been honestly some of the latest ones where, you know, we talk about you know designing your lifestyle the one you guys were on Uh that was good i I really liked being able to because that really fit in with what jim woods and i were trying to do with the uh the book and so for people to become aware of what it is they really want out of life like all the product you, you can be as productive as ever but if you're not like moving towards something, you're paddling in circles. Right. I mean, you can be efficiently paddling in circles, and that doesn't do you any good. Absolutely. So uh, that's kind of where my wife and I have been lately is trying to design, do, to design our lifestyle. Again, then when you've picked those things, not to 
fulfill the need for progress in your mind and getting your little endorphins checked <laughs> or ticked or whatever you want to call it <laughs> right. by doing things that are in and of themselves good, but don't contribute to those goals that you've created. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And that was one where it was uh, Jocelyn Gly of 99U. We talked about managing your day-to-day, their first book in their series coming out. Um, there's been a number of others. I mean, again, uh, I can't underestimate or under stress enough that the, even just the most recent one with Baratunde Thurston about unplugging is probably one of my favorite, my top five episodes of the, of the show so far. I think this is um, a prediction, a 2014 prediction, if I can make the first one of, of the year. Before every, <laughs> everybody jumps on the bandwagon in December, I'm going to get a jump start. So, but I think that unplugging is going to be a very big trend in 2014. I think a lot of folks have kind of reached their, uh, we've reached peak interest almost in that. Not that it's going to go away, but uh, I think that your episode there is going to really be um, a pillar article, if you will, or, or a pillar podcast in, in that trend, because I think it's going to be coming up a lot in the next year. And it sounds like uh, it sounds like that's been pretty forefront in your mind, Eric, too, as we just talked about in the last question about taking an opportunity to to do a little digital fast now and again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, even this past week, I had a bunch of automated stuff set up, and then I kind of unplugged to a certain extent. And uh, and one day specifically, I completely pulled out. So That's great. I think everybody has that Achilles heel, that weak spot when it comes to productivity. What would you consider yours? Uh, I'll give you three. Okay. <laughs> one, you got three heels. I have <laughs> productivity. I have so many weaknesses now. Um, one, I'll give you, I'll, I'll save the biggest one for last. The first one is just not having stuff, spending too much time setting up stuff and, in terms of organizing the work and not enough time organizing how the work's actually going to get done. Uh, yeah. yeah. So that's number one. Number two is just moods. <laughs> not feeling not feeling it you know yeah it's like all right fine i gotta uh, i gotta get stuff done and, and how to break out of that easily yeah. and again sometimes it's music sometimes it's caffeine sometimes it's other things however the mood thing is semi connected to the third one which is the biggest one which is health for me i, I know you guys do juicing yeah. i love the dapper dan by the way oh, oh good. good yeah that is one of my favorites in <laughs> farnish brock's uh, book <laughs> okay. and I did. How long did I do? I intended to do like a ten day fast, and I only I only went five because and that which was still the farthest I'd gone before. And this was like two weeks ago, I think. Week and a half, two weeks, and I got to the fifth day in the evening, and I just I I felt I didn't feel bad, but I was just like, you know what? I don't really want another juice right now. I would rather. And this isn't knocking the juice. This is knocking me not being prepared. Right. Um, I would rather not eat anything, even though I was fasting and drinking <laughs> only juice, than to drink another juice. And the reason was, was I had not done enough of the homework for me. I'd done three days before, and it was amazing. Right. And so with the five days, there were points where I felt the best I've felt in years and other parts where I felt crappy. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. That's the detox. And, oh, yeah, yeah it's, and it is the detox. And so yep. partially you need to do some detox non-fasting detox, I, sh- I guess you should say, before you go into the juicing detox, just to maybe lighten the load a bit so it's not you know pounding you in the face or the stomach or whatever you want to call it, right. um, emotionally, physically. And, and that was fine. But the other part was I, I had marked about four or five drinks that I really wanted to kind of rotate, Dapper Dan being one of them. <laughs> and then I think that it just got old because there were a couple times where my wife would say, well, we have what we have 
what you need for this one. And it wasn't one I had picked and it wasn't one I had tried. And so then I tried it and I forced myself to drink it, even though I didn't love it. Yeah. And it just didn't sit well, yeah. uh, probably in multiple ways, I guess you could say. And so, <laughs> um, I still felt good, but it was just like, I, we, okay, I'll do another five day or I'll do, you know, 10 days and only after doing a little bit more homework. So I guess not, I mean, my goal was 10, I did five. I still call it a success because it was the farthest I'd ever gone. Sure. And so continuing to do that. Okay. So that, that's all about health. Basically my, my goal is this is I need to, I'm confession. I'm probably about 60 pounds overweight. And so that makes me tired. That makes me cranky. That makes me uh, have less energy. That makes me less clear thinking. All these different, there's so many drawbacks that are in a lot of different ways, productivity killers. Absolutely. And so even if, even if my, even if I have a perfect system set up and even if my mood's great, if I'm tired, it's not going to matter. And that really just, I, I just finally realized in working through the process of uh, the book and writing with Jim is this, okay, you know what? My one thing I have to change is that it's my health. So, you know, we talk about that, you know, our own journey with health and our ups and downs and, and heck, even when you just get hit with a sickness, like Dan and I have been hit pretty bad with pneumonia and bronchitis, it totally affected our productivity. And as much as I wanted to do stuff and I was like, we had like this three day weekend and we did nothing because we felt horrible. And that just affects you. I mean, when you're not feeling right, you're not feeling good. And whether it's a sickness or just your overall health, that is a huge, yeah. huge inhibitor to your to your productivity. Yeah. I, you totally caught me off guard with your responses on that. We are our most productive when we're doing the wheat belly diet and uh-huh. juicing. Yep. You know, in combination. That is when we feel the best. Yep. And, and I guess I'm partly doing the wheat belly diet. I'm, I'm pretty much gluten-free because my wife has to be right. and our family is moving towards completely being that way. I don't know why we hadn't done that before, probably because we thought it was too much work, but it's necessary and needed. You know, talking about your struggles and there's other folks like clients that I have and that struggle with their productivity. What advice would you give to someone who knows they need to work on their productivity? Where would you recommend they start? You've got to look to see where you're at. You got to say, I mean, you're not productive for a reason. So, and, and, and you also need to say, what is it that you're really trying to do? Because again, like I said, if you are super productive and in your effectiveness of what you're doing, you need to be channeling that into something. You got to be going somewhere. You got to use that momentum to be moving towards a goal instead of paddling around in, in circles. So you have to kind of go both ways. Look at where you're at and where you want to be, mm-hmm. and then you can decide to move forward that way. You know, I actually ask some of the same questions with my clients, whether they want to organize their time, organize their space. I say, what's working and what's not working? Let's eliminate, what's, just tell me what's working. Because a lot of times there are things that you do do that are productive or useful or organized or whatnot. And a lot of times they just dismiss that. Um, so I think it's good to look at what your strengths are. And then like you're saying, identify some of your weaknesses or where you struggle and kind of look at some of either your triggers or things that you struggle with as a good starting point. But it can't be a little bit overwhelming. Um, it's just like all the different apps that are out there and different organizing strategies. It's, it's try one thing at a time, see if that works for you. And if it doesn't, then and try to move on. And I think like Dan and I just recently started a new routine to be more productive with our time at work. And we realized that our schedules were switched. They were off. Dan is much more productive in the morning than I am. 
but we were doing things differently. Like I was working in the morning and he was doing other stuff. And so we just recently decided to switch that. And it has been wonderful. Dan's been able to get up, work, and get things done a lot better and a lot easier than before. And so we looked at what was working, what wasn't working, and we switched things around. And and that has been very beneficial, I think. And I think when you started off, Eric, you were talking about um, goals and and uh, the end state that you're looking for Mm -hmm. and how that will really help you get your habits in line. And and that kind of leads me into the question that I kind of wanted to say for last was um, the series that you're writing right now, the Beyond the To-Do List series. And uh, volume one of Beyond the To-Do List is out now called Goals that you co-wrote with uh, Jim Woods. So could you tell us a little bit about volume one and what's coming up in volumes two and three? Yeah. Uh, Well, Jim and I had ideas, separate ideas. We kind of started talking and realized we needed to merge them. And then as we merged them, we realized we kind of need to break this out and make it a lot more digestible and more impactful. So we decided on the series. And so volume one is goals, although it could be called goals and priorities if we wanted it to, but that takes a lot of room up on on a cover. And, And we decided to go with one word instead of, you know, paired words. And so first one's goals, second one's time. Third one is focus. So those three are going to be where we're going to go with it. So uh, goals is the first one because, again, if you don't have a, a goal, if you don't have an intention of where you're wanting to go, and that can change, but if you don't start going in one direction, you'll never get anywhere. So right. uh, that's where we're starting. Two is time because then once you know where you're aiming, you need to be the most effective you can. And, and that's kind of where volume two and three come in is – Making the, you know, finding the time to do the work. And then three is making sure you use that time to the best of your ability. And so two and three are in progress now, hopefully before uh, the end of the year, we can get those out. I'd love to be able to be at NMX and be like, hey, look, three different books right there. There you go. Yeah, that's great. You know, ideally. And oh boy, did we learn a lot doing this first one. And so. The second and third one should be a little less painful or a little more painless, I should say. Um, but yeah, the, the first one, I mean, even from – we gave a bunch of copies away to friends that we knew would read it and give us fair feedback. And, you know, it's got all four and five star ratings right now on Amazon. And we wanted to do that because – well, one, that's just good marketing. But sure. two, uh, once the public hits it, they'll see all these reviews of – People who are saying, you know, this, I mean, one guy said, you wrote this for me. Like, I needed to hear all of this. I needed to sit down and do the homework in the daily reader type style, although you can sit and do it all in one sitting, really, if you wanted to. Right. Take, a, take a half day and get out of town, sit down and at a Starbucks and do the homework. Yeah. And you can really analyze where you are and where you want to be and get up and feel a whole lot better and start moving in the right direction. Yeah, you know, I saw one of the reviews, too, that somebody wrote on there, and they said that uh, they train leaders of nonprofit organizations, and they were going to make it part of their mandatory reading for their course. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Man, good on you for doing that. Everybody who writes these books, they put a little bit of themselves out there for everybody else, and you do that weekly on your show, but... Sometimes when somebody buys a book from Amazon, and we'll make sure we have a link in the show notes, they say, okay, it's it's four ninety nine, and it's like when you're looking at apps these days, you're like, gee, should I spend mm-hmm. 99 cents on an app, 99 cents? Come on. You know, I mean, really, you're taking something that previously somebody had to run through a publisher and take all this time to make sure it's perfect, and they lose the timeliness of that. 
And so somebody who needs something now and they go to Amazon and they look at Beyond the To-Do List, Volume 1, Goals, four ninety nine. they download that and they can go through the, I think it's it's like, it's under 50 pages, isn't it? Depending on how you view it in your Yeah, your it's, it's, it's about that. It's, it's basically an entry per day. Right. If you wanted to take a month to go through it slowly and, and do it in, you know, rising early and do that and do your homework or, or on your lunch break or whatever, you could do that. Right. So, and that's exactly what I was going to get to was, was taking the time to go through that thoughtfully. Uh, I think there's a lot of benefit in asking yourselves those questions. And each page of that only costs you 10 cents. You know, you know what I mean? Exactly. So, yes. so you take some time and, and I am, I am guilty as the next person, uh, about when you get to a point in a book and it says, now take five minutes and write down this. And I'm like, I flipped the page, next page. You know, have you ever done that? And, oh yeah. And I know I, I lose the value. I've cheated mm-hmm. myself out of the value of that contemplative thought. And I'm so, the person that doesn't do that. I actually, yeah, that. Be exactly. <laughs> Vanessa does like, I can't go any faster. I got to do this. It told me I got to take 10 minutes. You know, she's the rule follower. <laughs> but I just think that's an incredible value for somebody to be able to, to download instantly. Yeah, we decided we can inspire people. We can write good words that make you feel good or help you out in, in your thinking. But unless you do the homework and do some of the thinking that you need to do yourself anyway, then you're not going to get anything out of it. So we hope that people read it and are inspired, but we hope they do the work and then actually change their lives. Yeah, All for the price of a Starbucks super foamy coffee. <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, you can either get the caffeine perk for an afternoon yeah. or you can buy this and read through it and change your life. There you so, go. Absolutely. Yeah. That's perfect. Well, Eric, we'll be sure to have links to Beyond the To-Do List, uh, the podcast in iTunes in the show notes. Uh, also, we'll put Podcast Answer Man since you're on there too on Thursdays and we'll link to your book in Amazon. Before we let you go though, what's the best way for people to connect with you? The best way for people to connect with me really is to go to twitter.com slash Eric with a K, the letter J, F-I-S-H-E-R. Okay. All right. Well, thanks so much, Eric. It's always a pleasure talking with you, Eric. Thank you so much for sharing all that info. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Bye-bye. Take care. Well, folks, there you have it. If you haven't listened to Eric's show before, be sure to check him out in iTunes and on his website. Thank you again, Eric, for being with us. It was a great interview. And good luck to you on the 2013 Podcast Awards. So changing it up this week, Vanessa and I have a combined thing. And as a matter of fact, it's really not even a thing. It's a who. (laughs) And that who is Meredith Jones from elmsmarketing.com. And Meredith is a SLT listener. And she contacted us not too long ago and offered to help us with some general VA or virtual assistant services. Well, Since she has a strong background in marketing, too, she was able to offer us some personalized marketing recommendations and in addition to general VA services. And it was pretty obvious to us that Meredith is passionate about helping people grow their businesses and knows what it takes to make that happen. So at first, honestly, we were a little bit apprehensive about what we could have her do for us, Mm -hmm, really. Right. So she offered a 30-minute consultation that really opened our eyes on how she could simplify our processes so we could concentrate on the show and not a lot of the administration that goes along with the website. And that, honestly, was a huge relief because we didn't have to have a plan for her virtual assistant services in advance. She kind of told us what she could do to help us out. Right. So it went great. I'm not going to get too far into everything that she did for (laughs) us. I'll mention a couple of things. But 
Meredith put forth the offer that any fellow Simple Life Together listeners that email her at meredith at elmsmarketing.com, and if you mention the show, they will receive a free 30-minute consultation with her where you guys can discuss how she can help your business too. So it's the same exact thing that she did for us. There's no obligation, and as a special bonus for SLT listeners only, if you do decide to book any hours with her after the consultation, she's going to offer a 25% discount on all services. Wow. That, that really is an awesome deal. Mm-hmm. And Meredith has done and continues to do great stuff for us. She totally revamped our email subscription list, and it has been a hit. And I couldn't believe how fast and efficiently she did it. I couldn't it. believe it either. It was amazing. <laughs> I was, you know, and, and especially on the email list stuff, that was stuff I was slugging through and never had time to really wrap my head around. And she just nailed it. So it was awesome. So email Meredith today. If you're even thinking about getting a virtual assistant to help you simplify some of your business or your life in general. And again, you can reach her at Meredith at elmsmarketing.com and we'll be sure to have links to Meredith in the show notes. And once again, remember you can vote daily at podcastawards.com in both the education and people's choice categories for Simple Life Together. And of course, we have some good friends who also made the finals, so consider voting for them too. Right, like uh, Mommy's Cocktail Hour for Food and Drink and Ivy MV and Who Day Weekly in the sports category. And don't forget our guest today, Eric Fisher, who's a finalist in the business category and along with us in the People's Choice. Thanks again so much for taking the time to vote. Yes, if it wasn't for you, heck, we wouldn't even be finalists to begin with. So thanks again. Remember, if you have questions or comments, you can always reach us at dan at simplelifetogether.com and at Daniel Hayes on Twitter or Vanessa at simplelifetogether.com and at Get Simplified on Twitter. And there are links to our Google Plus profiles on the website. And we got some great comments on the website and we'll share some snippets from each of those and you can read the full comments on the website. So Carrie, who is a friend of ours from the World Domination Summit, we've known her, I guess, now for about three years, huh? Yeah. And she said, hi, Dana Vanessa, congrats again on the nominations. I so appreciate all of your visual content to go with your podcast. I can't always understand electronic sound due to my hearing, but need the written content as I unpack our mess of transcontinental household goods shipment. Having lived just fine without all of this stuff for three months, I honestly just want to throw it all out and start over, but that isn't really an option. But I was happy to see the Vitamix, so there may be a few more treasures in there. Anyways... I'll be all over your site as I deal with all the boxes. Thanks for great advice and even better ways to think about what I'm actually trying to accomplish. I'm still giggling over Dan's Ranger panties. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> all the best, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> She's moving from South Africa to back to the United States, yep. and so... She has a bunch of shipment and goods that she's trying to deal with and boxes to unpack. So I'm sure she's just trying to deal with all that. And I can understand. No kidding. And Danny wrote, hi, Dan and Vanessa. Found you via Tanya Ginoza's blog. Thanks for the informative podcast and website. I'm putting your Gmail to Evernote filter to work. And the QR code suggestion? Whoa. <laughs> that was good. That was yeah. good info. <laughs> and Tim wrote, <laughs> now this is a funny one, folks. <laughs> Five things my kids would save if the house was burning down. After hearing your podcast number 45 while on my morning run, I asked my daughters at breakfast what were the five items they would want if the house was burning down. Here are their answers. Kanan, who's five, said, number one, blankie. Number two, pokey, if you can find him, (laughs) which is her favorite stuffed animal currently missing. Number three is pokey's cousin, another stuffed animal that's actually its name. Number four is Shiloh's blankie, which her sister, how sweet. And five is snacks. <laughs> Gotta have snacks. Now, Shiloh is three. And she said, one, blankie. Two, her baby doll. Three, a bowl of cereal. 
Uh, number four is food. <laughs> Apparently, we never feed our children. And five, forks for the food. She's very practical. <laughs> I'm all about eating the cereal with a fork. That's right. <laughs> That's so he goes funny. on to say, it gave my wife and I a good laugh, so we wrote them down to share with you. Great podcast. Keep it up. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. And Heather wrote, just discovered your podcast. So far, I love what I hear. But I have to say, as a librarian, I was a bit disappointed with your comment, Vanessa, about you never using public libraries. I think it was on episode five. Wow, never? Talk about simplicity. Materials at the library are free. They don't create permanent clutter in the home, and the supply is endless. Even ebooks create electronic clutter eventually. I keep having to delete apps and books or save them in the cloud. Anyway, just thought I'd be a cheerleader for public libraries. Books, magazines, DVDs, music CDs, classes, internet usage. Seems to me that visiting and using a public library is a good resource for living more simply. Just a thought. Well, Heather, I totally agree. I certainly didn't mean to disappoint (laughs) you. That's never an intention of mine or any of our listeners. Dan and I put ourselves out there sharing the good, the bad, the ugly, and many lessons we learn along the way. That being said, I'm so glad you wrote because it's so timely. I've actually been making plans to visit the library with our daughter. I mean, it's a big thing. I've been pulling out different library information and uh, stuff so I could take my daughter to the library. And I know I said way back in episode five, which is like 43 episodes ago, (laughs) (laughs) that I never go to the library, but it probably would have been more accurate to say I rarely go. We've actually been to the library a few times this year, but we just don't go on a consistent basis like weekly or monthly. Reading is very important to our family, and as a matter of fact, both of our children love to read, and I personally make it a point to read between two to four books at night with our youngest. We love it so much, and now that our daughter is reading at an advanced level, she's tearing through our small collection at home, (laughs) which is definitely calling for us to visit the library on an even more frequent basis. So thanks again, Heather, for sharing your thoughts and tips on the many, many benefits of visiting and supporting libraries. Now, we also have some iTunes comments to share. Crafts4230 wrote, What a joyful team. I had the pleasure of meeting Daniel and Vanessa at a conference and decided to check out their podcast, too. Not only are they great in person, but they're fantastic online as well. I'm looking forward to learning from such a great team. Well, thank you so much. That's awesome. We had a good time at the conference, too. It was awesome. (laughs) The next one is from I'm Cindy S. And she said, absolutely love this couple. I just love this podcast. It's my absolute favorite podcast. I love the interaction between this couple and the information I received from them. Please keep up the great job. Thanks, Cindy. And Dr. Elaine Nichols from the United Kingdom writes, one of the first podcasts I listen to each week. I've been listening to this podcast right from the start and keep meaning to leave a review. I've been working on simplifying my life over the last few years, and since I enjoy podcasts, I thought I'd give it a go. (laughs) I was pleasantly surprised that an American couple with a military background were actually pretty much on my wavelength. (laughs) As with most of us, simplifying is very much a work in progress, and their honest and refreshing approach is inspiring. This week, I decided to listen to the episode while swapping out my Project 333 wardrobe for next season. Ironically, the episode was called Wardrobe and ended with an explanation of Project 333 and how Dan and Vanessa are going to give it a go. I look forward to hearing how they find it. Well, I'll tell you what, we're starting on Saturday. We are. We just came back into town. We're going to be going through closets and pulling everything out of drawers and... Boxing up the rest. Boxing the ones we want to wear and boxing up the rest. That's right. We'll be like our (laughs) friend Carrie with a bunch of boxes full of stuff. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So thank you all so much for your feedback. It really does mean the world to us and keep it coming. Yeah, well, we had a few more comments. We just weren't able to get to all of them, but we just want to say we really, really appreciate all the comments and all the feedback that you share with us. A huge thanks to you for that. 
All right, so that's it for episode 48 of Simple Life Together. So today was all about to-dos, to-do lists, and getting beyond the to-do lists <laughs> with our interview with Eric Fisher. And our combined thing is all the simplicity we found by working with Meredith of elmsmarketing.com. If you're looking for a virtual assistant to help you grow, contact her at meredith at elmsmarketing.com for a free 30-minute, no-strings-attached consultation. As usual, you can find all the links and info from today's show at simplelifetogether.com slash 048. So let us know what you think of the show and how you're simplifying your life, too. We'd absolutely love to hear from you. So until next time, we hope you enjoy your Simple Life Together. Simple Life Together.